0: Welcome to another edition of the IDP Corner. My name is Justin Varnes. You can follow me on Twitter at DownWithIDP. I'm one of two IDP analysts over at FantasyPoints.com. Our other IDP analyst, my cohort, my partner in crime on the left coast, the best coast, the west coast. I sound like a really bad 1980s disc jockey, Mr. <laughs> uh, Thomas Simons. How you doing, Thomas? Hi,
1: Justin. I'm doing okay, a little somber with the news of the passing of the great Dick Butkus, who I'm – to me, Butkus ep- epitomized – the middle linebacker position. Whenever I hear middle linebacker, I think of Dick Butkus. He's the reason why I started liking football way, way back in the dark ages. Um, and it was a sad moment to to see him pass.
0: Yeah, I mean, what a, what an yeah icon, right? He, I mean that that term gets used a lot. We throw that around a lot, but he really was uh, an American icon, particularly for for the sport of football. Uh, you know, just when we you <laughs> you know you hear all these the storied Chicago Bears franchise and uh it doesn't take you long to come up with Dick his name for uh one of the most important players of that franchise I mean he 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 was like the off-ball linebacker uh you know of that generation and and really set the tone for a lot of those great Bears teams and and I'm sure inspired a lot of the uh the great linebackers that uh that we grew up watching as well
1: and he he put a lot of fear into offensive players just it's it's a fact and you can see it in the highlights. Now, tonight, during the Thursday night game, as we go into our Thursday night observations, there was a uh, a fact that was thrown out there that I wasn't quite aware of. Uh, I knew that the Bears had drafted Gail Sayers high and that they had drafted Butkus high, but I didn't know they drafted them three and four in the same draft.
0: Yeah, that's I, I I heard that too. That, that's man, that's a that's a hell of a draft. You can't get much better, much better than that. I mean that, that,
1: that you can't. Those are the two faces of the Bears.
0: So, uh speaking of teams who really could have used a player like Dit Buckus, let's talk about wow. this uh Thursday night. Uh turned out we thought it was gonna be a snooze fest. Turns out it ended up being uh, you know, uh it ended up being a little bit of a shootout. So what'd you see?
1: Well, for one thing, the, the Washington secondary they allow way too many big plays, especially on the on the edges, on the corners, and and it was evidence in DJ Moore's huge night tonight. Now, rookie uh, cornerback Emmanuel Forbes got benched at, uh, after a very dismal first half. Now, if you if sacks are are really important to you in your league, then any defense or IDP player uh playing against either Washington or Chicago and you can throw the Giants into this too should be on your radar every week. They the two of these two teams came into the the game ranked number 1 and number 3 in sacks allowed and they didn't disappoint. Washington allowed five sacks, three of them to defensive ends, one to a linebacker and uh one to a cornerback, while the Bears gave up three and they were all to defensive linemen. What did you see in this?
0: Yeah, I mean, actually, a lot of the same stuff. Uh, we, When we're looking for players uh, who have a greater than average chance of getting a sack, obviously we're looking at the strength of the offensive line, but it's not just that. Quarterbacks uh, can be just as guilty of creating sacks for themselves as as the offensive line. True. The, these two teams struggle on the offensive line and their quarterbacks hold on to the ball too long. So it's really this magical combination. Um, and yeah, we, we saw that tonight. Um, we've got a, a, a betting channel in the Fantasy Points Discord uh, app. Uh, and in that channel, I, I kind of laid out the reasons why I thought it might be a big Chase Young game. Uh, and it certainly was. Uh, we, we placed a, a bet on him uh, to get over 0.25 sacks. He came through for us. He actually he he, he came very close to having multiple sacks uh, and uh, almost a pick six. He was he spent the entire game in that backfield, but so did his uh, his bookend Montez Sweat. He was he spent most of the night. I think he had a couple of sacks as well. So I totally agree, Tom. I think that's a great way to look at it. You know, at this point, you need to, you know just like offenses you know you might look at uh, some defenses who have really poor uh pass per, you know um uh uh they give up a ton of passing yards so you start you start targeting those teams with your with right. quarterbacks and wide receivers well this is what you can do with defensive linemen and and you as you pointed out it's not just defensive linemen it can be you know a uh, linebacker a cornerback yep safety blitz all those sorts of things yeah
1: you know uh, and, and the the, the the Bears came into the game missing Eddie Jackson. They were without Jalen Johnson and Jaquan Brisker came into the game being limited in practice all week, and they didn't know if he was going to play or not when he was a last-minute active. Tyreek Stevenson caught my eye in this game because he posted, I believe it was nine total tackles, and he had a uh, pass defended, and he looked pretty. He, he looked really good. I mean, Greg Stroman, a former Washington commander back then, it was the Redskins when he was with them. He played it uh well tonight in in including Stevenson, but Stevenson was the one that really caught my eye because he's gonna when Jackson and Jalen Johnson come back and when Brisker is fully healthy, Stevenson will remain in the lineup.
0: Yeah. Uh so for those of you in cornerback required leagues, uh he and and he's been producing pretty, pretty uh pretty well for us all season. So at that Chicago defense Probably will still continue to play lots of snaps. Uh, it was nice to see a little bit of an offensive outburst for um, for Chicago, but we still saw lots of uh, weaknesses in their offense. So um, look for the defense to uh, continue to rack up tackles. We saw that again with um, both TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds had strong games tonight, racking up tackles, just sitting there. And that, think about it. They still, they still had solid games, but they did almost nothing in the first half because Washington's offense did almost nothing in the first half. <laughs> Serious, and, and yet they still ended up coming through for us from fantasy. That's how productive a weak offense playing with a mediocre uh, defense uh, can do for us. All right, so, well, shall wanna, we jump into yeah. the
1: week four
0: observations? Let's do. I it. mean, so, excuse me, the week five. Yeah, God, we're gonna going fast. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna well, we'll probably do a little bit of both. But we're going to talk about some things that we saw in week four, and we're going to turn that that information, that data, into what we're looking ahead for in week five. Uh, you want to get you want to start us off? Yeah, I mean, in week four,
1: Baltimore started rookie linebacker Tavius Robinson, and he posted uh, four total tackles while taking fifty seven percent of the snaps. Now, don't jump on him if he's available in your waiver wire, as the Ravens activated. Um, outside linebackers Tyus Bowser and David Ojabo this week. Now, we're not sure if these two are going to play, um, but if they do, it'll be Robinson who sees a drop in the snap count. And Bowser, they're they're looking for Bowser or Ojabo to give them the pressure off the edge that they, they desperately need.
0: Speaking of Baltimore, uh, I think in general, this doesn't really have to do with Getting sacks and big plays from your edges, but pretty much for all the other Baltimore IDPs, I think they're going to have to get pretty lucky to come through for us this week. This we were just talking about poor offenses, right? So if the Steelers cannot get their offense off the mat, I don't think there's going to be a lot of snaps to produce on. So uh, you know the Steelers rank dead last in creating tackles to linebackers. They're third worst in tackles to defensive backs, and and you know just if you watched any Steelers at all this year that's an easy thing for you to see it doesn't take those stats or you, you probably would have guessed those stats they cannot run the ball for more than a couple of yards they cannot throw the ball they cannot stay on the field so where would those tackles come from so um and exactly special teams exactly so we've got a <laughs> um so we've got a uh a, a weak Steelers offense uh, and Baltimore remains—they're you know, kind of year in, year out this way—but but they're a top ten defense. Uh, they, they're holding up well against the run and the pass. They have a, they have a solid pass rush. Now you know, obviously, they've got Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen in the middle. They got some smart safeties, a dynamic playmaker in Hamilton. So this is probably not the week the Steelers are going to explode on offense. So just be careful as to how much you rely on those Baltimore IDPs this week
1: yeah and, and and what tackles they do get will most likely most of them will go to roquan and um patrick queen in the middle and they are also marcus williams is is been practicing in full this week and he's most likely going to play so he and Geno stone may may share some snaps, so it's kind of a little a, a little bit of a messy situation in the fact that you're not going to get much offense out of the Steelers, which won't produce much in the statistical uh, world for fantasy IDPs, and because there's going to be a lot of, you know, if Ojabo and if Bowser play and if Williams plays and if Marlon Humphrey, who's been limited all week, gets back to playing, it's going to be kind of a mix-and-match type of situation with very limited production available. I'm going to jump over to, I'm going to stay in the linebacker position, but I'm going to go over to Houston. And I'm going to talk about um, their linebacker situation currently. Now, with Denzel Perryman inactive for the second straight game last week, Christian Harris and rookie Henry Toa Toa took 90 and 95 percent of the snaps, respectively, while starter uh, Blake Cashman took just 20 percent. Now, Harris and Toa Toa finished with 12 and 7 total tackles, with the rookie adding a tackle for a loss and a PD. Now, Perryman has practiced in full Wednesday and Thursday, and and it's very likely he returns to action this week. Now, if he does, which is looking like he will, then Cashman will likely return to playing special teams only, and Harris will see a drop in his snap count, while Toa Toa will see some of his fantasy production go to Perryman.
0: Speaking of Perryman, I love Perryman this week. Uh, Atlanta is top 10 in creating tackles to linebackers. Uh, again, you can see that pretty clearly. Uh, Desmond Ritter is not pushing the ball down the field much. They're obviously relying on their two-headed backfield uh, quite a bit. So this is creating a ton of uh, activity for linebackers. So uh, And also, Atlanta's home stat crew is a little bit more generous than Houston's stat crew. So even more so, we should see Perryman really do well, assuming he plays um by the way, I actually like the linebackers on the other side of this ball too, Caden Ellis and Nate Landman. I think uh, they have a really good matchup against Houston because Houston creates the third most tackles to linebackers. They're trying to run the ball. They're really trying to feature Damian Pierce as much as they can. Uh, and they are using uh, they are using their receivers a lot, but uh, they are still getting plenty of activity over the middle of the field, and that's creating a lot of tackles for linebackers. So whether they're running or pass, or throwing, uh, we're seeing a lot of linebacker activity, and that's going to be good for Caden Ellis. Nate Landman, Somebody is somebody you likely picked up fairly recently as a little bit of a desperation grab. This could be a really good week for him.
1: Yeah, it's about the matchup, and that's this is a good matchup for him and for Ellis. Now, speaking of good matchups, we talked about Andrew Van Genkel on the Dolphins in recent weeks. Now, he, he had Um, He's had three sacks in his last three games, and he's coming off a multiple sack outing. Now, we talked a minute ago about teams that are giving up sacks, and the Giants are one of them. So I love his matchup this week against the Giants, who have allowed the second highest number of sacks coming into the week. Um, They've allowed 22 coming in. Now, the fact that the Giants allowed the Seahawks a franchise record 11 sacks on Monday night does tweak that... That number a little bit because you see that they got half of those sacks were given up in one game. But with Van Ginkle being hot and having a sack every week, and the, the fact that the Giants have allowed the second highest number coming into the week, then I would say Van Ginkle is a very solid play this week.
0: Yeah, I like Van Kinkle a lot this week as well. Uh, I want to talk about another team that might have some slow activity, and that's the Colts. Uh, they're linebackers and defensive backs. Um, trying to build a theme here, look for a couple of these offenses that that um, might disappoint you and they will disappoint you kind of in the same way. Tennessee runs the ball a ton, but they are a very, very slow offense, and they're just not very productive at this point. So they create some of the lowest production to linebackers and in particular to defensive backs So, of course, you're starting Zaire Franklin. Um, If you are hanging around with Shaquille Leonard, if he ends up with four or five tackles this week, uh, it's probably likely not his fault. Julian Blackman has been absolutely amazing for us, pushing double-digit tackles every week. This could be a slow week for him, but I'm still starting him either way.
1: Yeah, and I think that the the Colts are probably happy that they're facing Tennessee because they have a lot of youth and inexperience at their corners uh, corner position. They've started Daryl Baker in, in the beginning of the season, uh benched him in favor of, of rookie Juju Brent, and you know, they they had Dallas Flowers, who is also in you know, an inexperienced corner, who just went down with a um I believe an Achilles tear for the season. So the, the Colts are a little bit thin at the cornerback position, but they're facing a team that likes to run, and that's going to probably help them in that regard. Um, Las Vegas is tied for fourth in the NFL, with 61% of their offensive plays being pass attempts. Now, this has uh, led the team, you know, they've led the league in interceptions thrown with seven total. Now, this favors their opponent, but... Be very leery about that, because the Packers have just three ints thus far. Yes, it's a Monday night game. Yes, it's in Las Vegas. You think that this is going to be one of those? Oh, the Packers are going to just destroy them. Well, that that's where the trap comes. You you, what you think is what will probably happen in the opposite. Like tonight, Washington's going to crush a, a Chicago team that hasn't won a game in almost a year. Well. They came out and they blew the doors off the Commanders. Now, the player I like here is Rudy Ford on the Packers. He's an option in tackle heavy leagues and also has one of the Packers' three uh, picks. Now, he could get a second one on Monday night, but I'll follow up with Ford in a little bit uh, about his injury um, situation that is going on right now. So you, you have to pay attention to that.
0: Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Frankie Louvu. Um, I've been talking about some poor matchups. I think this is a really good matchup for him. Um, and that's because he's facing Detroit. Detroit runs it uh, over for over half of their plays, um, and they run a lot of plays. So they're racking up the plays, and they're running the ball uh, on a higher percentage than most teams. So hence... As you might imagine, that means they lead all teams in tackles created to linebackers. And again, it's not just the 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 rushing attack. Uh they're featuring Sam Laporta a, a lot. How usually when they're throwing to him is because they have a mismatched on a on a linebacker. So um and they're obviously trying to also use uh Jameer Gibbs out of the backfield, uh which which again they're looking for mismatches on linebackers. So tons and tons of activities there. Mm-hmm. Frankie Louvre should be in the middle of the field. However, he is uh dealing with an injury this week. Uh so stay tuned later in the podcast. I know Tom's going to break down what's going on with LuVu's injury report, and hopefully he can give us a little bit of an expectation of LuVu's availability. I also want to say that the safeties for Carolina, um, I think, are, are going to be in pretty good shape this year, and uh, or this week at least. They'll also get some of that production bled to them, uh, and Thomas also has an injury update for our Carolina Panthers safety a little later in the program.
1: Philadelphia is a fantasy tackle-generating machine, and the Rams could benefit from this, at home especially. Now, two cornerbacks um, that have my attention here are, first is Jacoby Durant. He has 15 total tackles through four games, with 12 being solos. The other cornerback is Darian Kendrick, who has 15 uh, total tackles as well, with 11 of them being solos. If I were to choose between the two, I would go Kendrick's, as he has averaged 96% Ninety-six percent of the snap count, while Durant averages around seventy-two percent. Now, if your league favors big play scoring, stay away from these two, as neither of them is known for big plays. But if tackle-heavy is your your scoring system, then I would go after one of these two, with Kendrick being the first choice.
0: Yeah, I think in general, this—I mean, this is a great matchup on on both sides of the ball. But uh, you know, kind of similar to they were last year as well. Phil, I totally agree that, that Philly is producing tons and tons of tackles. These high octane offenses you know this might be a good time to talk about this. It's not just that they that they um, that they're a, a fairly strong offense. Miami has a ridiculous offense but that doesn't necessarily translate to a bunch of tackles because the way their offense works first of all, they they score quickly. They, they actually don't run – they don't run very fast. I mean, they don't run plays at a very fast pace. And when they do strike, they strike for – for long yardage, explosive plays, and then they've got a touchdown and they're off the field and your IDP was on the field for two or four snaps and they're already down by, by seven. So uh-huh. it's it's not just how explosive the offense is. Uh, you know, And Philly is just one of these offenses right now and they were like this last year. Where there's a specific kind of combination of – how fast they are, you know, the kinds of plays they run, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, some do all that toward the defensive lining. Some do it more toward the defensive backs like the Chargers. Uh, but Philly really has been generous uh, to all three. They're letting everybody tackle them because they're staying on the, on the field so much. So that, to me, I think that's a great play. Um, uh, speaking of an, another good play this week, if you've been nursing your Leighton Van Der Esch shares, I think this could be your week. They're playing the San Francisco 49ers. The San Francisco 49ers are the best offense for opposing linebackers to load up on tackles uh, between San Francisco and Detroit. I mean, these are just monster matchups for your linebackers and, and, Van Der Esch obviously has not been, you know, a double digit tackle guy so far this season. That's just kind of not how the Dallas Cowboys defense works. I mean, he's, he's solid, but he's, you know, he's an LB three LB two uh, kind of player because of how they use not only their three safeties. It's also how they use Micah Parsons. They have a couple of other safeties slash linebackers, Marquise Bell, et cetera, that they're working in. But He is the primary uh, every down linebacker there or most down linebackers. And this is an it's a great offense. It runs the most in the league. We will absolutely take that. So if you've got Leighton Van Der Esch as your LB three, this might be the week he's really going to come through for you.
1: Two words for you. Christian McCaffrey,
0: Amen. <laughs>
1: and I will follow up on your Van Der Esch notes here with uh, injury news on the Cowboys at the linebacker position. Shortly, I'm going to move over to Tennessee and talk about the Nico Autry and Jeffrey Simmons, who each have a sack in three of their four games this year. Now this week they face the Colts who have allowed 11 sacks in their first 4 games. The Titans meanwhile have allowed 16 sacks this year and Quitty Pay has 3 sacks himself. Now Pay will also be uh, talked about in our injury section, so you have to be leery of that, as will be uh, Autry. Now, this game could have three to five sacks total in it, and I would likely roll with with, at least with Simmons if you have him, especially in defensive tackle leagues, um, if Simmons is listed as a defensive tackle. Autry has to play in order for you to rely on him, but he could also get a sack if he plays.
0: Uh, And I'm going to – come back around to another player who has disappointed uh, but might have a good week. Uh, if you've been nursing your Talanoa Hufanga shares, this could be your week uh, because in that same matchup, San Francisco and Dallas, uh, Dallas is a team that that throws a lot and when they run, they tend to get to the second and third levels fairly easily. They, they run the third most plays in the league and they create the third most tackles to defensive backs this season. So, Hufanga has been floating around like five tackles a game, which is okay. But I know a lot of people drafted him high. A lot of people drafted him as their, as their DB one. I'm really hoping that he's more like a seven to 10 tackle guy this week. Thanks to Dallas and their offensive attack. All right. shall we move on to injuries and news injuries.
1: Take a deep breath. <laughs> Breathe deep. The gathering loom. Um, the, Normally, we start off with injured reserve, but nobody has placed anybody on injured reserve, although there are three guys who will be listed in the players out section here who are definitely going to go on to injured reserve at some point. We'll start with uh, the out players for week five, and that's Devin Lloyd on Jacksonville. Linebacker had surgery on his thumb. He'll miss at least another w- one to two weeks, maybe more. Um, he's definitely not going to play in um over across the pond because he didn't travel with the team to England last week. So linebacker Matthew Judon on New England tore his biceps, had surgery, and is out for the season. Cornerback Tradavius White on Buffalo tore his Achilles and is done for the year. Uh, cornerback Christian Gonzalez on New England dislocated his shoulder and tore his labrum in the process, ha- is having or had surgery, and he too is done for the year. Now, you had mentioned the Carolina safety situation. Well, Xavier Woods on Carolina has a hamstring injury and, and will miss another three three or four, maybe even five weeks. Sam Franklin is the one that's stepping in for him. We talked about this last week with Jeremy Chin. We thought maybe Chin would, would suck up some of Woods' um, responsibilities, but they didn't. They went strictly to Sam Franklin. So I'm going to move to players that are currently um, questionable, but they they haven't practiced or did not practice so far through Thursday. Um defensive tackle Jonathan Ledbetter on Arizona has a finger injury. He was limited on Wednesday and then downgraded to did not practice uh, on Thursday, defensive end Greg Gregory Russo on Buffalo with a foot injury did not practice Wednesday Thursday. quitty Pay, who I mentioned earlier, could have a big day if he plays well. He's been in concussion co- protocol this week and has yet to practice, so there's a good chance he may not play. Too bad because that that could lead to a very big day for him and or DeForest Buckner and or Grover Stewart. Um, the, the list goes on there. Uh, defensive. Tackle Fletcher Cox on Philadelphia has a knee injury, has yet to practice. Defensive tackle Tier Tart Tennessee, has a toe injury, and he too has yet to practice. Also yet to practice are these linebackers, Odafe Oway on Baltimore with an ankle, Devondre Campbell as well on, with an ankle on Green Bay, and Shaquille Leonard on Indianapolis, has yet to practice this week because of a groin injury. You have to pay very close attention to that one on Friday because if he doesn't practice, they may not risk him. Uh, Safety Brian Branch on Detroit injured his ankle. They thought it was a lot more serious, but the the MRIs came back, the x-rays came back negative. He has yet to practice this week. I had mentioned Rudy Ford as being a a good play this week. Well, he appeared on the uh, injury report on Thursday as a do not did not practice. Now this is a Monday night game. It's early. He has an oblique injury, so th- there's a, a very there's two more days worth of practices for him. Uh, unlike others, with just one more. Same thing uh, with Nate Hobbs on Las Vegas. A Monday night game for him. Ankle injury. Did not practice today. Uh, DJ Reed on the Jets has a con- uh, is in concussion protocol and has yet to practice this week. Now, here are some players that have been limited or did not practice and got upgraded um, that are questionable for this week. A a start off with Von Miller, who has been out all season on the PUP list with a knee injury. Uh, Buffalo activated him off the PUP list, but he's been limited in practice this week. So he may not play and if he does, it may be a snap count. Defensive tackle Deshaun Williams on Carolina has been limited all week uh, so far with an elbow injury. Also limited was uh, defensive tackle Foley Fadikassi on of Jacksonville. Um, defensive tackle DeMarvin Leal on Pittsburgh has a concussion, did not practice Wednesday, but got upgraded to limited practice Thursday, so there's a possibility he could play. Now, you had mentioned Frankie Louvu. Well, um Luvu has a hip injury and was limited on practice Wednesday and Thursday. Now, last week, it was the same situation. He was limited all week, but he'd played. So there's a, a very strong possibility Luvu will play, and we would heed your advice from earlier. Damone Clark on Dallas and Micah Parsons on Dallas, both of them have been limited all week so far. Clark has a knee injury, but he's expected to start on Sunday. Whereas Parsons has a shoulder injury and he too is expected to start on Sunday, but you have to watch their practice reports on Friday. If it gets worse, then they, you have to really pay close attention to that. And this is where Leighton Van Esch really benefits if these two are banged up. Linebacker Josie Jewell, who who was inactive last week with a hip injury, he was limited Wednesday but got upgraded to a full practice on Thursday. Normally, if a, a player gets a full practice, we don't mention him, but the fact that Jewell is kind of a questionable coming in, we needed to make sure that you understood that he's been upgraded to full practice, and if it happens again on Friday, he's a go this week. Linebacker Frank Clark on Denver has a hip injury, limited all week. Nick Bolton on Kansas City with an ankle injury. Who He didn't practice all of last week. Well, he's been limited in practice this week, so he's questionable. Linebacker Jalen Phillips. This guy can't stay healthy. He he gets healthy. He gets hurt, misses a game, comes back in, gets hurt again, and this time it's an oblique injury. He's been limited in practice Wednesday, Thursday. Same thing with Marcus Davenport on Minnesota. Ankle injury limited Wednesday and Thursday. Drake Greenlaw, he was a— He did not practice Wednesday with an ankle injury, but did get upgraded to limited practice on Thursday. So keep an eye on him. Cornerback Marlon Humphreys on Baltimore. I mentioned him earlier, foot injury. He's been limited this week. Could get some playing time in a limited snap count if he plays this week. Safety Jordan Poyer, he too was was, uh, uh, limited this week with a knee injury. Well, he did get a full practice in Thursday. So there's a possibility he's a go. Cornerback Christian Benford on uh, Buffalo shoulder injury; he was limited all week so far, as was cornerback Dante Jackson. Uh, he he's uh, Carolina shoulder injury, limited practice Wednesday Thursday. That's a situation you're going to have to pay close attention to on Friday, as with cornerback Cam Taylor Britt. Of Cincinnati. Now, he was in concussion protocol, did not practice Wednesday, got upgraded to limited, but that doesn't guarantee that he's going to play. He still has to clear uh, protocol. Quarterback Jadobi Owuzier on Cincinnati. He full practice Wednesday, but a back injury downgraded him to did not practice Thursday. Pay attention to that. Safety Malik Hooker on Dallas, shoulder injury, limited all week. Safety Justin Simmons, Denver hip. Limited all week. Another hip injury is Kirby Joseph, safety on Detroit. Limited all week. Quarterback Shaquille Griffin on Houston has a calf injury. Practiced in full Wednesday, but apparently injured his calf and got downgraded to did not practice Thursday. Cornerback Jonathan uh, Jones, who's been inactive for New England recently, has an ankle injury. He's been limited all week. Cornerback Paulson Sanadibo on New Orleans, hamstring injury. He, too, was limited all week.
0: Whoo. Man, let's <sighs> listen, listen to all those injuries. But you know, I'll say I'll say a much shorter version than I did last week. Uh, this is incredibly invaluable. Invaluable information because they are not mentioning this junk on Center. So thank you so much for all that great advice uh, our great uh, reporting, and um, that's pretty much going to wrap it up here for us. Uh, we have got uh, remember everybody, there is another London game. Jacksonville is uh, um, back in London, or maybe they're still in London's London. London's calling, uh, and they got they have a they have a um, a great. Uh we really fun matchup. They got the bills in 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 London, so that's a nine thirty a m start. Make sure you uh, set your clocks for that. Uh, good luck, everybody, in week five, and we will see you next week around this time, Thomas, take us out.
1: Be well and be safe.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points podcast.